Hi there, and welcome to episode 45 of Kneel Before Odd. I'm Audrey Kearns, your host. Thanks for listening wherever and whenever you are. I am recording this podcast on an incredibly rare rainy day in Los Angeles, which you may or may not hear in the background. Now, this is my first Kneel Before Odd of the New Year. And not only is that exciting, but it's also my first interview via phone. I usually do all my interviews in person, and honestly, it's amazing that I'm able to record those successfully and upload them without breaking the entire internet. So the thought of figuring out how to do it by phone or Skype or FaceTime and the like kind of freaked me out. But my wonderful sound engineer, Matt Sewell, showed me the light. We figured it out. And of course, it was simpler than I had thought, but not altogether uncomplicated. So when it came to my first interview by this method, I was kind of nervous. I was also nervous that some of the magic would be lost by not doing it with somebody in, in the flesh. But enter my guest, actor Todd Fennell. Todd was in Montreal when we did this interview, and he is such an interesting and talented person and so incredibly easy to talk to that the interview was super fun and an hour had passed before I even knew it. Uh, Todd has been acting pretty much his entire life, and his work ranges from film to television to voiceover and animation and in video games like Assassin's Creed. Uh, we talk about this, uh, his fascinating career thus far, his love of martial arts and space arts. Okay, space arts isn't a thing, but it should be. Uh, Todd supports a few organizations that help educate the public on space exploration, which of course I find fascinating, and I know you will too. Now, please don't forget to check out geekgirlauthority.com for all your pop and geek culture news. You can also listen to my other podcasts, Booze and Phasers and Five Truths and a Lie. You can find them on geekgirlauthority.com or iTunes and Stitcher as well. Also head on over to iTunes and Stitcher to give Neil Before Odd a rating and a review if you're so inclined. That would really help me out. Thank you. But now... Please enjoy my very first phone interview on episode 45 of Neil Before Odd with my wonderful guest, Mr. Todd Fennell. Welcome to episode 45 of Neil Before Odd, the show where I interview geek patriots. And today I'm chatting with actor Todd Fennell. Todd's been acting since he was a kid and pretty much he has tackled all mediums, film, TV, stage, animation, video games, you name it. Welcome, Todd, and thank you for talking to me. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm looking forward to this. Well, I'm excited that this is happening because uh, this is my first recorded phone interview and um I have so many friends that are working up in Canada right now that I can't interview them because I usually do it in my office in LA. So my husband brought me, bought me this new mixer for Christmas. That was my Christmas gift. And you're my first person that I've used it on. And um, Oh, awesome. Well, I, I hope I'm a successful guinea pig here. I, I know. That, uh, that <laughs> well, so far, so far the, the record light is still on. Um, okay. and it, all the, bu all the buttons have been pressed and I can still hear you. So I think everything is going to be fine so far. <laughs> We're off to a good start. Good. Yeah, good. So, um, where in Canada are you right now? Uh, I'm in Montreal. Right. In and, Quebec. and you, uh, before we started recording, you said you were right by a snowbank. 
Um, what's what what's the temp right now? Yeah, this is this is a mild winter we're having, and it's about it's zero Celsius, which is I guess about twenty Fahrenheit. Yeah, tw- twenty like for, for for us Americans who refuse yeah, to, so to, to do it any other way. <laughs> <laughs> so that's mild, and yeah, we just got a ton of snow. So oh, it's, wow. uh, well, it's pouring yeah. here right now in LA, which is great. We need it, and it usually rains all through winter. It just hasn't the last couple years, but. Um, with rain in LA comes cold, like Audrey cold, which is like in the fifties, you know. So, <laughs> so for you, I'm so I, sorry. <laughs> I know. Wow, wow, wow. I, I grew I grew up in Florida, so I'm used to like you know 95 degrees with you know 10 percent humidity on top of that. Do do you do well in the heat? Do you like it? I yeah, I love the heat. I I try to break up the winters every year by going down uh, oh, yeah? down south for like. Yeah, two or three weeks because it, it's okay. Like I, you know, if you snowboard and you you ski and stuff or skate, it, the winter's fun, but it, it's very long. Like in Montreal, right. it, it, you know, it starts around November, and then it goes to about February, March. So right. usually, like mid January, people start losing it. They're like, "This again, it's just just ridiculous." Yeah, yeah. My husband so um, was brought up on a in a small farming community in Iowa, which isn't as far north as Montreal, but they had these really harsh winters. And he's always said exactly what you did at a certain time. People just begin to lose their minds because it's nothing but white outside <laughs> and the same weather and the same sky and everything. Yeah. yeah you're out there with a, with a scraper on the windshield yeah. for like the 50th time. And you're like, okay, no, that's it. I'm done now. I'm <laughs> done. I'm out of here. <laughs> Are you like um, an avid skier or do you have activities that you like to do in the snow? Or do, uh, do you just look at it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty from the window while I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> exactly. It makes for a nice uh, uh, landscape. Um, well, l- yeah. listen, um, I start off all my interviews with one question, and that is, what is your nerd origin story? And that could be whatever you're geeky about. So, Todd, what is your nerd origin story? Okay, well, you, you said whatever I'm geeky about. Yeah. I'm geeky about a whole lot of things. There's I know. A, so so if you want to do a couple, that's fine. You know, I've had people do that. Okay. And I've had crazy answers. I've had people that are like, you know, super nerds. And I've had a lot of Star Wars, but I've also had someone who is addicted to cons- consumer electronics. So his origin story <laughs> was getting like a VCR when he was a kid. I had someone who was addicted to like, I'm not addicted, but he collected comedy albums because he loved comedy. So that was his origin story. So it could be whatever comes to, to, oh, to cool. mind. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, um, it started really young and I think it was actually, uh, Ghostbusters was what did it for me. Oh yeah. Because I used, yeah, I used to be like petrified of, you know, we we tell scary stories and I, and I had a very vivid imagination. So I was always like really like extra afraid of ghosts and vampires and werewolves and all that stuff. Like my parents would like, I wouldn't even let them kind of like leave the room when I go to sleep. I'd be like, no, you got to sit right there. Like I would be really, really like afraid. (laughs) And then they introduced me to Ghostbusters. I must have been like five or six. Right. And and it was like it was like they were they were tackling ghosts and, and that kind of thing, but with science, not with you know, superstition or whatever. It was right. like a bunch of like, you know, scientists figuring out the quantum field around the ghosts and like containing them and and it was like, oh cool. So that's what like kind of got me into it. And it's funny because Ghostbusters is actually it was the the movie that got me into acting too, because I would uh, I would run around the basement and I'd memorize the entire movie, like uh, line for line, word for word, 
and my parents were like, they were, they were both, uh, uh, dance choreographers and they were like, do you want to take acting classes? Cause, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so know. that was like uh, that was the gateway into taking some acting classes as and also your gateway into loving science was Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah, it was it was both. That's fantastic. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And then and then from then, like, I mean, I was a huge fan of uh, Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. I got into the whole time travel thing. Uh, but Star Trek was really I was a huge Trekkie and I still am. Right. Did you start uh, with uh, Next Generation or did you start with original series? No, I started with Next Generation. Me too. Me too. My, yeah. Yeah, you too. It's like Picard is, is the best captain I find. He's he is. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I have another podcast called Booze and Phasers where we have cocktails and talk about Star Trek. And, um, you know, because my whole introduction to that world was was Next Generation. And I think it, Picard is hands down the, the finest captain, the most level-headed captain. And he's, you know, I'd want him to lead me for sure. <laughs> <laughs> did you continue yeah. the did you continue to watch a Star Trek after Next Generation? Like with the other shows, uh, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise? Yeah, I watched Deep Space Nine, I watched Voyager. I didn't I didn't get into Enterprise. Yeah, a lot of people um, fell off on that one. Yeah, I did all of Voyager though. I was really into it. Mm-hmm. And um but no, yeah, Next Generation was and it's my go to even now, whenever whenever yeah. uh like I get some downtime and I can really just chill and I've, I've been working really hard and I'm like, Oh, I just need to, to have some green tea and watch like a Netflix marathon of, of Star Trek. And I th- it just like puts me right back. I think that's a, a prescription, a fantastic prescription for a lot of what ails you. <laughs> I love it. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's brought, me, it's brought me back from the brink many times. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> um, did and, you, uh, did one, oh, sorry. No, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, there's that one scene. I don't know if you remember when, uh, when Picard gets assimilated by the Borg. Lacutus of Borg, yeah. Exactly. And then when he goes back to to see his brother um, in the vineyard, and they have that fight scene in the vineyard. Yeah, and, yeah. And he just, he loses it and he cries. I fell apart. Like, I was going through a rough period of my life, too. And I, I saw that scene again, like, just recently, like last year. Mm-hmm. And I just fell apart. I was just like... He's 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 the greatest. He's the greatest actor in that whole story, that whole storyline, and that they pushed me too far. It was, it was yeah. fantastic. It was no, awesome. no, no. You're absolutely right. And there's like um, one of my favorite Picard-centered episodes. I love the Lacutist storyline, and, and and I completely agree with you. Like when he went back to Earth and the vineyards and everything, was uh, the one where um, it's called Inner Light. It's the one where he um, is zapped by a probe, and he lives an entire life in five minutes. Do you remember? And he yeah. learns to play the flute and he has to, you know, he's going crazy because he's like, I'm really Captain Picard. And they're like, no, you're not. And he finally accepts that he has a wife and children and lives this entire life. And it was like kind of, he's like you said, he's amazing. He's amazing. And the one where he was a prisoner of war was really good with the Cardassians. Yeah. There are four lights. They well, were torturing him, right? That was that one? Yes, yes, yes. And they're trying to get him to say there are four lights or that there, were, there weren't four lights and uh, he wouldn't do it. But anyway, we could talk about Next Generation <laughs> for, for, for hours, but this is about you. So did you grow up in Montreal? So were you born and raised there? Yes. Yeah, I did actually. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I've, I've worked all over the place, but I, uh, I was born and raised here and I'm, and I'm still here and I, I travel for work, but yeah, yeah, this is, uh, this is where I call home. Yeah. Um, and you said your, your parents were choreographers and everything. Um, did you start doing theater or musical theater in Montreal when you were a kid? 
Yeah, I started at uh, Montreal Children's Theater uh-huh. um, when I was around six or seven, I'd say. And uh, I did I did a bunch of you know cattle call auditions for commercials where they just call everybody in and and for films. And I and I booked a couple of things back to back, like some some commercials. Uh-huh. And uh, and it was cool because it wasn't like it wasn't out of the ordinary for my parents because they were kind of already in. You know, they were both professional dancers and my dad was in a my dad was in a movie called Eddie and the Cruisers 2 I think like oh, in the 80s. I, I never saw the second one <laughs> I saw the first one <laughs> yeah he might have been the first one too but he has a recognizable part in the second one. Oh wow that's and, fantastic uh, he still gets yeah he gets residuals for like eight dollars once in a while you know because it's, it's so old I got but, a, uh, I've gotten the, I'm sure you have too I got a residual once for for uh, three cents, three American cents. And it's just, and what makes me feel bad for the environment. It's just like, you know, you guys, you printed out the check, you put in an envelope, you put postage on it, you know? Yeah, the postage is like 50 cents. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, exactly. It's, 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 it's crazy. Um, but, but so yeah. you, you booked some commercials, but then you ended up basically becoming a very successful uh, child actor for quite some time, correct? Yeah, yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, I, I got a part on... Uh, I think Lassie was the big thing because it, right. it was 52 episodes and it was on YTV. Wow, and, that's amazing. And it was, yeah, it was it was awesome. And and I'm still actually really really good friends with the the main actor uh, uh-huh. Corey Sevier that was on that. Um, and it, that was kind of like my formative years. Like I I didn't um, I didn't do much training, but when you're like every day, you I was doing like four to five days a week on set. Uh, from the age of 11 to 14. Oh, wow. And so you just, you just learn everything technically and you, you learn kind of, you learn in the field. So um, I grew up in it and I, I, it helped me really feel at home on set. Yeah. Um, did it help that, that uh, um, your parents understood what acting was about? Did that, did that help? Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, acting was new for them, but they were in the, they were in the arts, you know, they, exactly. they were both dancers and choreographers. It, it really did help. My mom was able, because she had a dance school. Um, she ran a dance school and my father taught there. And, um, so she was able to, to be with me all day on set and then teach or run the school at night because it was in the evenings. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was perfect. And she, she would take me to auditions and, and she understood kind of, you know, the nature yeah. of the business. So that was, I was very, very fortunate. Really, really lucky. Did you, um, you know, because you've kept working, you know, you, there wasn't a, from what I can see in the research I did, there wasn't a huge gap in, in your work. So it seems like you made the transition from um, more adolescent roles to adult ro- roles uh, seamlessly, at least on paper it does. Was it seamlessly for you, did you or, or was there a struggle there? <laughs> Uh, yeah, on paper it was. Yeah, I guess on paper it was. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> there, there is always, um, you know, convincing casting agents and and even producers and directors that you grew up with who know you as a, as a child actor mm-hmm. um, to get them to not see you as as a child anymore. So right. Because they, you know, they they saw you grow up. They saw you, um, you know, acting in front of the camera, and that's how. So there's an image there, and you have to kind of like right. break it. But I got lucky with the, the type of roles that I got uh, mm-hmm. because I did two seasons on a on a show where it was I, I played the bully uh-huh. um, in like a high school YTV show, and that kind of was like, oh, okay, he's not like he's not a kid; he's he's capable of being like the older kid that flunked a bunch of times and he's the bully, right? And then just like I got a couple of days here and there as a lawyer, and then as a um, as a 
a, a police officer and, or military, those military roles really help because then they can see you as, oh, oh, he's in, you know, he can play imposing as well and he can play exactly. someone in authority. It gets the child yeah. out of their, their head that they, they already... Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw, I mean, you did an episode, yeah. I just wanted to say this because I love the show, you did an episode of the 4400, which I thought was really cool. Oh, yeah, that show, that show is awesome. Yeah, that yeah. whole concept is yeah. really cool. Did you meet, and I don't know if he was in the episode that you were in, um, do you know Kai Erickson by any chance? Um, he was the lead, right? Was he, he, the lead, he, uh... was, he was the brother of the lead. And um, I only brought that up because um, he kind of going through, he kind of went through what, what you went through, where he had a few years on an American television show called The Commish as a kid. And um, he kind of ha- had a hard time going from, hey, I can do more than the kid actor stuff, you know, to the adult. And he's still, you know, working. But I didn't know if you guys were in the same episode or not. Of the 40- Oh, no, I, I was with the, the two the two main detectives, the, the two main um, uh, officers there. Like, not, not detectives, but the, the guys in charge of... Um, uh, of catching the catching the forty the guy the people yeah. that took the drug yeah 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 it's, um, it's oh I always think that show's an interesting show because it's kind of like a, a milestone show to me to my nerdy self because um you know I I just I think if it was if it came on now it, I think it'd have a longer life you know it just it it, it a lot of shows mm-hmm. are are using that idea right now you know it's kind of like a little game changer you know. I don't know. And it was, it was what, like 2007, 2008 too, right? It right. was a while back. It was a while back. And I think it was USA or something, USA and NBC. I don't know. I, it, it, it was good. I love that show. It was really good. Um, so yeah. when I was doing my research, because is, is that creepy when you hear somebody say to you, I did my research on you, Todd? <laughs> I used to think it was, but I do it too now, so it's okay. Like, yeah, me too. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I, I, I was really, I said it in the beginning, I was really impressed with the range of work you've done. I mean, it almost seems there's not a medium that you haven't done, film, TV, uh, shows for streaming, voiceover for games, animation, motion capture. So I wanted to talk a little bit about voiceover work. Um, you've done a lot of voiceover work, you know, from uh, animated shows to video games, including Assassin's Creed. Uh, and most recently, uh, Tom Clancy's The Division, right, which you did motion capture for. Um, what's, yes, yeah. Had you done motion capture before? Uh, yes, I, I had. Um, for I did a fitness game actually called Shape Up uh-huh. um, for, for Ubisoft on the Xbox One oh, uh, yeah, a couple yeah. years ago. Uh-huh. Um, and I had done some just vertical slices for demos, like, um, where they kind of like make a full scene in the video game to then present it to, um, to like test audiences to see if, if the game is a go kind of thing. So right. I've done, but I hadn't done like anything as big or, or uh, serious as, as the division. So um, what were you doing so in the was, division? Uh, the division I played, uh, again, a, a range of characters. It was really cool. I got to play. Uh, some of the Rikers, so the ex- the escaped convicts. And you from don't Riker Island. you don't mean okay. So you don't mean Commander Riker, you mean Riker. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. no. <laughs> but it's funny. My dad looks a lot like him. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So no, like escaped convicts, and so they're like they're like the the silverback gorillas of of this uh, of the, like the concrete jungle. Like they, okay, they kind of like they get released when when the uh, and society kind of crumbles mm-hmm. and they just take over because they're, they're survival of the fittest and they're the most hardened criminals. So they, 
you know, they're heavily armed, not really well trained, but no respect for authority and like not even amongst each other. Right. So it was kind of cool because I had been used to doing um, very tactical stuff. And we had, you know, there's always uh, a police officer on set or a special forces guy on set telling you how to hold the gun, how to walk, how to how to aim, how to do everything like the special forces and like, you know, like soldiers. Right. But these guys were the opposite. It was like, hold the AK-47 sideways, one hand, you know, shoot it and, you know, shotguns were throwing them and, and punching and kicking. However, cause there were, these guys are just like thugs mm-hmm. uh, and so much attitude. So it was really, really fun to, to explore that. Oh, that uh, sounds really neat. Dude, does, does yeah. um, your, does your dance background help with that? A lot. The, the dance background and, and the martial arts background, uh-huh. because you can you can adapt your movements um, without too much focus, like without too much focus. And you, you, you can just like, OK, that's how I'm going to move. OK, mm-hmm. you kind of get into it. You move that way for the rest of the day. And then you you focus on, you know, your lines or where you're going to where you're going to position yourself. But then the, the the actual motion becomes second nature, like the right. way you move and the way you, you walk and stuff. So when you look so, at Tom, uh, Tom Clancy's The Division, um, you know, since you're doing motion capture and they're basically, and please correct me if, if, if I'm wrong with my tech speak here, um, which is non-existent, um, uh, <laughs> can you pick yourself out, you know, or do, do they paint over you with a different features on your face and stuff like that? Can you pick yourself out as one of the Rikers in the background or is that too hard? To no, no. Yeah, definitely. Well, we, we, uh, they'd have to paint over us because we're wearing black spandex and that's not very intimidating. You know? <laughs> True. <laughs> so. I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I, I did one for the one I did for division was played at, at this year's E3. Uh-huh. And so at the, the trailer for the, the new, uh, the new DLC stuff. Uh-huh. And so I got, I saw, like I, I knew I was the guy that ran up and, and pulled the main character off of the a ladder that he tries uh-huh. to escape from. And then, I jump over a car. So I remember the stunts. And when I saw it in the trailer, I was like, oh, that's, I did that. I, like, that was me. That's really cool. That is super cool. Yeah. Um, well, I have a confession yeah. to make. Um, I myself am not a gamer, but I run a website. We're a pop culture and geek culture site. And I have a whole bunch of people that do um, contributing for, for games. So I emailed them to ask you some questions. So I have some questions from one of my contributors, Renee Lopez. She plays Assassin's Creed, which you have been in um, four of them, four incarnations of uh, Assassin's Creed. Is that correct? Am I wrong? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Two, three, a little bit in four, and in in the one uh, where I played George Washington as, as a young man. I think that was, it wasn't Unity, it was the one right before that. Cool. Um, cool. Yeah. That, 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 that's great. Um, well, Renee, um, well, she, she was familiar. She uh, looked you up and was, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, was familiar with Warren Vidic. Is, am I saying that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She said she was really familiar yeah, with that it. one. And she wanted to know if, um, if you game, if, 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 if this is an acting job for you, or do you actually go home and are you a gamer? Uh, I am a gamer. <laughs> this is terrible because I don't, play all the games that i'm in i I usually end up playing like (laughs) like i'm a huge um huge fan of like games like starcraft and league of legends Uh and uh like top-down strategy games yeah um i really love those and and first-person shooters so like call Uh, of duty and halo and right right and stuff like that but i did play we did we we did um a charity um like video game marathon at one point like Uh we streamed it on twitch 
and we played Assassin's Creed three for like eight hours or something. Wow. But it was a, it was a, yeah, it was a 24 hour video game marathon. We just kept passing the, the controller from like my, myself and a friend and myself to a friend. And we went from like noon on, on the Friday to noon on the next Sunday. Oh, wow. But, uh, we played, yeah, we played Assassin's Creed three for a while. So yeah, it was cool. That is, that is super cool. Uh, Renee, I also wanted to know uh, what you think of uh, film ad- adaptations of, of, say, Assassin's Creed or, you know, Warcraft was out recently. Do, are you excited that they're doing film ap- adaptations or do you think they should stay games? No, I think it's cool. I, yeah. I went to see Warcraft. I thought Warcraft was really, it was really awesome. Yeah. I, I like, like, it's kind of like, but you have to know what you're going to see. Like, you're going to see a video game movie. So Exactly. Um, yeah, like a Star Wars is always going to be a Star Wars. It's not going to tell a story in the way that, I don't know, a, a, another any other kind of drama is going to, you know, it's not like Band of Brothers. It's, it's a right. totally different, you know, people people sometimes forget like if this Star Wars is Star Wars and a video game movie is a video game movie and a comedy is a comedy. So yeah, absolutely. Um, and comics like Marvel movies are Marvel movies. You know, you should know that before you get your ticket and, and go in for sure. Yeah. 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 Are there yeah. any, are there, I really like, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked it. I, and I haven't seen Assassin's Creed yet and I, I, I intend on going to see it like maybe this weekend or next week. I really want to check it out. Cool. I want to see, I haven't seen Warcraft yet and I do want to see that because I really like Travis Fimmel. Do you watch Vikings? No, my agent told me to watch it though. I saw the pilot and I, I there's so much TV to catch up on. I just didn't get a chance. To yeah. Play. You got what, like three or four seasons now. Um, well, the lead actor in, in that is in Warcraft and he's, he's like really, really good. He, they were supposed to, I'm not giving any spoilers away. Um, they, he was supposed to, they're, he was supposed to like make a splash the first season and then get killed off, but they've kept him because he was such a, you know, charismatic actor and character that they had to keep him for all the seasons. It's a really good show. <laughs> I highly recommend it. Are there any franchises out there that you want to be a part of or studios that you'd like to be a part of? That's another question from uh, Renee for you. Oh, um, yeah. Well, yeah, I think every, every actor's dream too is Game of Thrones now. Oh yeah. yeah Come on now. Game of Thrones would be <laughs> incredible. Yeah. And uh, I just got into Westworld. Yeah, that's a good and show. It's, it's it's amazing. Like my friends were telling me to watch it for months, and I was like, "Hey, I'll get around to it." And then I saw the pilot, and I watched the season in like three days. Yeah, I was just yeah, fully fully into it. And they're that's not really they're cool. not coming with the second season until two thousand eighteen. Oh, so I got time. You All got right. time. You got time. So so you <laughs> binged it, and now now you have to now you have to wait. Um, so if they're listening, I'm really interested. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you got time to to get your pack, you know, get your agents on it and uh, get some work there. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you recently um, had a guest role on The Art of More, which is on Crackle, um, which is, you know, streaming services, which are, are the, so much of uh, the landscape now for for um, content. Um in doing that show, working and, and in doing shows that you've done for networks, was there a big difference on set or working for a streaming network than there was like if you were working for a more traditional network? Um, I, I didn't, I don't think, I didn't feel it on set. It felt yeah. pretty much the same. I mean, yeah, the, the process is the same. They, they kind of, you know, shooting, shooting a TV show is a, a TV show, but I think it was more in the, and afterwards and the marketing and the way it's marketed and, and um, like the way they actually tell the story too. Cause it, it, 
it's created to be a, a binge watched show. Right. 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 Yeah, that's true. So that's true. That does change things, doesn't it? With shows that are created to be binge watched. Um, although sometimes, like sometimes with Hulu, with some of their original shows, they won't release them. They release theirs weekly, I believe. At least the path, which is a new show they did, but um, I'm game for bingeable shows. I really enjoy it. It's like what you're saying about Westworld. You know, you see something, you love it. You don't want to stop watching it. Yeah, and it, and it's a whole different. Uh, like it's relatively new, and it's a whole different way to tell a story. And and you can't yeah. tell you can't tell that story in a movie. It's, you only get two hours. This you really get to explore the the characters. That's true. That's true. I completely agree. And. Um, yeah, I, I, I love it. I love what Netflix is doing, Amazon, all that stuff. It's really cool. Me too. I uh, was, was going to say something about Star Trek, but I'll, I'll rein myself in. Oh, yeah. you, did you hear? Oh, <laughs> boy. Are you talking about Discovery? No, I, I was going to say, like, it's funny how, like, Star Trek Next Generation wasn't made when there was binge watching, but it, it's so easy to binge watch it. You know what it, I mean? It is. It is. It is. And then with that, you know, that's back when it was, what, 22 episodes a season, you know? But you do want, you know, one of my favorite things, which they started doing more, I think, with um, Voyager and actually with Enterprise. And by the time Enterprise got around to doing it, I think they had already lost a lot of uh, viewers. They started doing these arcs that would go over many episodes. And I think that's more engaging. And I think that's why these bingeable shows are doing so well, because there's this through line of a story that goes through all 10 episodes and it, yeah. I, I really like it. Are you excited for Star Trek Discovery, the new show? That yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen too much about it, but yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah. <laughs> if there's a new Star Trek coming, I'm going to watch it, like guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just, it, they got, it was supposed to come out this month, and it got delayed until May, and it just came out yesterday or day before that it's delayed again. So I'm starting oh. to get a little scared. Scared, you know, because Brian Fuller was on it, but he, you know, that guy does everything. So he left as showrunner. He's still EP because he's working on so much other stuff. And then it got delayed again. They got the casting, which is cool. But I want it to be good, Todd. I want it to be good. <laughs> I, I'm worried that there's there's so much writing on it for for Star Trek fans that they're going to be too precious with it, you know. Just yeah, it's hard to be. That's a good point. It's hard yeah. to be like wild wild west and and like let's make something original when you have that fan base like you have yeah 30 or 40 years of fans like from all ages that are like looking at you going this better be good like exactly i think you know i would say and you know i'm not an expert at this the best thing to do is you know make the show because there is a lot of and i'm 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 a huge nerd fan so but there's a lot of fan entitlement out there right now where people are ready to say that's not how it should be done you know whether it's fans of star mm-hmm. wars or mad about rogue one or the force awakens or or marvel movies it's just um you know not everybody's gonna like it you know that's just a fact so i just hope they're not you're right it is a giant fan base and they want to make them happy but um i think that the story is a little more important you know if you make it a good story, then they will come. But um, I know yeah. that there's a lot of rules about the universe. There are, especially because they're setting this one. Um, is it? Is it set before? It's or is it's it... after Enterprise, before original series, I believe. Or is it after original series before? Oh boy, I'm being a bad nerd. 
<laughs> I forget. But anyway, I'm I, I I can't I can't wait to see it. I hope it is good. Um, you had met- yeah, and as long as they stick to the the, the core values of, exactly. of Star Trek, you know, there's certain things that they really. Yeah always been at the core of it and exactly exactly and and that's that shouldn't be hard to do because they're i mean it's it's right there on paper for anybody who wants to see what the core values of star trek is just look google it the prime directive will be there you know all you need to know and everything (laughs) so you you had said you had mentioned uh earlier um when we were talking about um doing the motion capture stuff martial arts and i saw in your bio that you're a martial arts fan and that you practice it quite a bit um when did your love for that start um that too was was pretty pretty young i was um i guess five or six i started just taking lessons casually um but then in my teenage years um around 12 yeah 12 13 14 I started getting really serious and I wanted to get my black belt and I was going to competitions and um uh I got a couple of trophies for like I was I was really good at katas because of the dance background and the acting so the, the memory and like doing the katas uh-huh. um, I I thrived at that but the fighting <laughs> the uh like the actual sparring I, I always, for whatever reason, I ended up being like the shortest, like, you know, they go from like, they take one kid and then they go to like the tallest kid and they put them together. And I was always like the shortest <laughs> kid in the group. Right. Like they would, they would start it with the shortest kid and then cut right before me. And then I'd be the shortest kid in the next group. And I'd be like, oh, come on. So <laughs> I would get like, you know, sometimes I get third place or like fifth or I was never like the champion fighter. Like right, sparring. Right. But I could hold my ground, but yeah. you know, I was I, I like doing katas and, and flashy stuff more than uh, than kicking other kids. I, I didn't really right. like hurting them too. It was like, you know, if I if I kick the, you know, if you you do a kick and you land a kick and you get in the you get the other guy in the solar plexus and he falls, you feel terribly. Oh, of like, course. Oh man. Yeah, like, you're I not hurt him, you you're know? not one <laughs> of those guys that will rage over them laying down, going, Rah! I got you. No, no. yeah. And but and to, in, in in martial arts, like. Also, it was cool because when, when that did happen, they made you turn around and you would take a knee, take a knee, and wait until your opponent would get up. You know, that's smart. Um, so, yeah, so it taught it taught us respect too, and not to yeah. not to gloat and not to you know in your face <laughs> when you hit the guy down. Well, there isn't so, that. that um, there's that meditative element behind a lot of different martial arts too. Do you ever? Um, find time to meditate just going through certain movements on your own? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That stuck with me for sure. And I, and I think that's why um, now I'm, I'm a father myself and mm-hmm. my son's only two, but when he's ready, I think that's one of the things I'd like for him to try martial arts because it, it does, it, it's a, it's a mind, body, soul thing. It, right. It makes you feel more, more confident and more, more um, agile and able to defend yourself. But there's also that focus Mm-hmm. that it brings well you uh, you so you got to star in a yeah. movie about martial arts right yeah that was that was a dream come true that yeah. was really i uh, mean you were you were the lead in that it was it wushu warrior am i saying it right yeah wushu warrior yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um that is fascinating to me because i love martial art films and mostly because um i love anything that's choreographed and watching some of the great martial arts films and seeing these um fights or what have you they're beautiful 
to watch. And in the back of my head, the actor in me, you know, who's done a lot of theater is thinking, how long did that take from, (laughs) you know, from the fight choreographer to practice to actual filming? I mean, what does it take to go through all those steps to finally get in front of a camera? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, well, that's why it was also a dream come true is because they, they like pay you to train. So like nice. we would like six weeks leading up to, I mean, we, we both had, um, Amber Goldfarb and I both had a bit of, uh, we both had martial arts background before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, we trained for six weeks straight. Um, I think it was four or five days a week, three, four hours a day. Uh, just in, in like coming up with choreographies and, and stretching and, you know, learning how to fall and learning how to really fight on camera. Uh-huh. Um, and then we went to China and did two more weeks of, of Oh, training. I, did, I didn't realize that you went to China for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, oh, they brought wow. us to China, too. That's it amazing. Was, it was incredible. Wow. Yeah, and it was my first time doing wire work, too. So we had, we had harnesses uh-huh. and uh, there was, like, you know, a huge crane and we were connected to wires. So there'd be, like, jump kicks where I could fly through the air and and uh <laughs> there was there was a a bit of a language barrier because we only had two translators for the whole crew and so i'd be i'd be just talking to the director and then all of a sudden like i'd i'd be wired up and harnessed and then all of a sudden i'd be eight feet in the air and i'd be like <laughs> what what do you <laughs> like what am i supposed to do <laughs> and they'd be like you know looking at me expecting something and i'm like well i don't know and then put me back down and say, no, no, we're going to put you up. We're going to test the lighting. And I was like, oh, okay. okay. So you're like literally getting thrown around, like literally. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, you must yeah. have been so sore, too, if you did that kind of intense training, huh? Yeah, we were both bruised up. Yeah. Bad. We were all, everyone was bruised up pretty bad. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. I, and I got punched in the face by Matt Frewer. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> hey, well, that's a badge of honor, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was, and it wasn't even for a cake, so we couldn't even have it on camera. It was a rehearsal. Yeah. And he, he was looking at the director and he says something and he was trying to figure out, you know, his movement and how he would say the line. And he goes, so then when I turn around and I punch him and he didn't realize I was standing right behind him. <laughs> oh, so no. he knocks me in the face and I, I drop to the ground and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I get up. I'm like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And so they, they ice my face and they're like making sure I don't swell because then, you know. Yeah, we we'll shoot for the rest of the day. So, anyway, I, I was yeah, it was a badge of honor. Oh, that's <laughs> so. that's a that's great. That's a great story. Being hit in the face by Matt for for sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah. uh, th- th- so I'm, that must have, like you said, dream come true. Congratulations that you got to do something that you were so passionate about. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was really cool. It was to, to put those two things together, like acting and martial arts, and and to use both of them at once. Was, is, yeah, it was just amazing. Yeah. What was the best thing about that whole experience? Not except for uh, getting punched in the face by Matt Frewer. Like now looking back, I I could say a bunch of things, but in the moment it was doing like Hadouken on camera. Doing what on camera? You know Hadouken from Street Fighter? No, no, I don't. Fireball with their hands? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, okay. It's It's like an energy ball. Like, so at the end, well, I don't want to give away too much, but I, I, I basically like fire an energy ball from my hands oh, cool. with like my, my inner chi and like seeing, like getting to watch it and seeing the, the special effects afterwards. Uh huh. That was probably the coolest. Oh, that coolest is so part. cool. That is so cool. Um, yeah. 
I, now, I got some questions I want to ask you, ask you which I, I'm really excited about, because I know we don't have that much time left. But um, in your bio, in my extensive research that I did on you, Todd, um, <laughs> it's, you're, an astro- <laughs> you're an astronomy nerd, and you love all things space. Is that true? Yeah. So, so yes, tell, tell, tell me about that. Um, well, my dad, that's my, my dad right there. Like yeah. he, uh, he threw Star Trek parties for me when I was a kid and he, oh. I, I used to memorize the planets in order and like really, really young. And he was, we would drive out and like, look at the stars out in the country. And nice. And so, uh, yeah, I always, I've always been like, it's space is instant perspective. It's just like, yeah, at night you look up to the stars and it's no matter what's going on, there's an entire universe out there. Yeah. It's mostly undiscovered. And yeah, we um, recently, my husband and I recently went out cause you know, you know, we're in LA and I don't know if you get the, um, we're in Montreal, you are, but, um, you know, here in LA it's, you can't really see the stars cause there's so much, um, light pollution and everything. Yeah. And, uh, we yeah. recently took a little retreat down to Joshua tree and we we're in the middle of nowhere in this desert. And it was, I had forgotten what looking yeah. up at a sky with no light pollution is. It was overwhelming. It was almost like it took my breath away. Cause it was just like, Oh gosh. Cause I grew up in Florida. I grew up on the space coast, you know, um, where I, oh, yeah. yeah. You saw the launches. Did I, I saw the... every launch f- until, um, from the start of the shuttle until I moved to LA in 2002, I saw every single one. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yep. Yep. And, um, it does something, it, watching that does something to you, you know, it, yeah. it, it connects you with the universe and with space. It, it, and, yeah. it, it really does. And, and you kind of take it for granted a little bit when you're growing up. Cause my neighbor worked at, my dad's a retired officer. He worked down at the Cape and my neighbor actually worked with the astronauts. And my, we also went to the officer's club for Patrick and uh, Patrick air force base, which was the closest space. So sometimes we could be down there for dinner with my family and the astronauts would come in, they fly themselves in on, you know, and they land it. Wow. Yeah. And so they come in with their like flight suits on and everything. My dad would always make us run up and, uh, you know, ask for their autograph and take a picture with them, which was, which was really, really cool. And, and um, we used to, like, at 2 in the morning, get up and get in the back of my neighbor's car and go see, and because he can get us really close. He got us this, this special permit since he worked, because he um, worked with the astronauts and everything. So we were, like, where the big clock would be. And then we'd sleep in the car until, like, 5 or 6, and we'd get up, watch the launch. We didn't have to, because we could see it from our backyard. Our house would shake after a launch for at least an hour. Just, wow. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know... It it was I, I'll always feel really guilty about this because it, it, I got to this place when I was like thirteen or fourteen where I was really trying to be cool and I wasn't. I think that was a problem. I was. I was like five ten and I weighed a hundred pounds because I was growing so fast and I was the smart girl and everything. So I really wanted to be cool. And so our typing class had a huge window and this is typing like on an electric typewriter. <laughs> That's, that's how, <laughs> yeah. how old I am and everything. And um, this is the, the Challenger, uh, when Challenger um, didn't make it. Um, everybody, because you just walk to the window, you see the shuttle outside your typing class window and sit down. And I'll never forget, my friend Katie kept saying, come on, Audrey, come on, Audrey. And I was like, I was going to be too cool to watch the shuttle this time. I'm going to sit and do my typing. And so I said, no. And so and I was kind of peeking, but I just remember everyone gasping and just complete silence. 
And so I, oh yeah. And I jumped. And so immediately, you know, you feel that, you feel that energy. And I ran over and all you can see were, were plumes. And every single person in that class was convinced they saw parachutes. We convinced ourselves that we saw parachutes yeah. and everything, and you want to, you, you want it, you, you want know, it. yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, because we were right by the river, it was, it was right over us. I mean, we were that close, and it was um, a terrible time for the country, obviously, and the world. But um, you know, they had to close school because kids were, you know, first of all, we saw it, so kids were kind of collapsing, and also um, half the people's parents worked at the um, space center, you know, and so I. This middle school I used to go to, I used to do um, uh, daycare for them. So they had to start opening early, like at four in the morning, because all the parents were having to do these 16-hour shifts to see what happened and everything. It was a very yeah, yeah. it was a very hard time. But, but the great thing about that community in the Space Coast, they really worked together to to get this program going again. I mean, they, they you know, for the love of those astronauts who died, we are going to keep this going. This is not going to go away. Yeah. You know. Oh my God, that's beautiful. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. 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 So, um, and in the spirit of the spirit of exploration. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I'm just, no, yeah, okay. no, yeah. no, no, no. I kind of took over there to tell that story, but it's, 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 you know, we all have those stories in our lives that really affect us. And that was one of them. And, um, and, and I'm, I'm really lucky that that's where I got, I got to grow up. You know, I'll always have that, have that with me. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, it stays I, with you forever. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I, I don't know if that is why I got so into Star Trek, or if that's why I got really into astronomy and space and science fiction. It could be. Um, I was always kind of in a fantasy place, anyway, you know. But um, that definitely had something <laughs> yeah. something to do with it. Um, I saw on your bio that you support the Planetary Society and SETI, and they're both, which is great because they're both nonprofit organizations whose mission it is to educate folks on space and science exploration. And it wasn't until I know I've heard of both of them. I know what SETI is and everything. I didn't know that they were nonprofits. I didn't know that you yeah, could donate they, to them. Yeah, exactly. Because you can't donate to NASA. Like you actually can't. Yeah. Um, because the government, it's a government agency, but you can donate to the planetary society and then the planetary society can lobby to to increase NASA's budget or to or to increase the uh, the space exploration program, yeah. so that's what I that's what I yeah it's, it's uh, yeah it's, I think uh, it's the best way you can yeah yeah I went down a little hole last night like a Google hole like you say some people go into a show hole when they can't stop watching a show when I was looking at uh, the Planetary Society's website it was you know found one of the founders is Carl Sagan which is really cool. And um, yeah. they say they're the largest, most influential public space organization group on the earth. And I was just like, ah, you know, because I do all my donations and like try to do them in December, you know, for the tax year and stuff like that. And I was like, well, I've got to put this one on the list. I think that's amazing. Do you ever um, yeah, do you ever try to volunteer or work with them? Um. Well, the only thing I've I've been able to do so far is I attended a NASA social. Uh, oh, what's that? To raise, it's where NASA has uh, people with active social media accounts and like actors and, and uh -huh. any kind of like uh, celebrities in to explain a mission to them. Like they brief oh, them on I the mission, that. and then they they um, basically charge us with then like disseminating that information. Like now you tell tell your fan base or tell whoever will listen about this mission in your own words uh -huh. uh, to raise awareness about the mission. 
So it was really, I went to NASA Goddard in Maryland uh-huh. and it was, um, it was about the magnetic, magnetic reconnection mission, MMS. Uh-huh. And, uh, so we got to see like everything. We got to see the clean rooms and, and <sighs> got briefed by the, by the engineers and stuff. And it was like, isn't that the best? It, it, yeah. It became yeah. real for me. Like yeah. I was always a fan yeah. and now it was like, Oh, these, these people are real. Like it, I'm here and this is like, this is where they build it and that's yeah. where they're going to send it. And that's the truck they're going to use to bring it to the launch site. And like, yeah. So yeah, it, was, we had it a, was incredible. It, we have a friend who, uh, was working on one of the Mars rovers. And so, um, we had gone at, you know, JPLs here in, in, in Pasadena and, um, yeah. they open it up to the public every year and everything, but you, you're talking about, you get in your car and you're in a three hour line to get there. And finally they tell everyone's turn away. And so we had tried that when we first moved out here, but then we ended up meeting an engineer that worked out there and he took us on a private tour. And the same thing with you, we got to see a clean room where they were building stuff, uh, for, for um, you know, they wouldn't tell us what they were building it for. I'm sure it was. For, <laughs> yeah, sometimes for, they can't tell you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. And um, it was oh, we got to go to see the room where you know they basically have a um, a rover in what they you know in, in Mars environments, and they'll put a program through that rover to see if it will work before they send it up to say Curiosity or something up on Mars. And it's absolutely fascinating. And I, I kept looking around going, you guys are so smart. And I'm just, <laughs> you guys are so smart. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, oh my gosh, it's really, 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 really neat. But that sounds like a great thing. NASA social. That's exciting. Yeah. Are you, um, what yeah, do you think? You can check out I, and apply if you want to, if you want to go, it's, uh, you, I'm sure you have a good, you have a huge following. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. I've already written it down, Todd. <laughs> I've already made okay, a note cool, as good. a, as we were talking look, <laughs> look into this what do you think about like spacex and and what they're doing with like um i don't know if you saw that video a few months ago the interplanetary transport system did you see that they made this whole... i didn't see the video i i know what they're up to yeah but i didn't see the video about the about no it's really um, it's, I, literally, I wear a, an occupy mars hat every day shamelessly and with spacex on the back like i'm holding it in I my hand it. right now i love it i love it <laughs> it's 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 very exciting to get um you know, um, money involved from somewhere else besides the government, um, cause it kind of, um, increases competition, you know, yeah. and, you know, so we can be doing this and this video they put out, it's, it, you can look it up on YouTube. It, it's the interplanetary transport system, SpaceX. They made, it's like a little, little mini animated movie of how they think it's going to work. And it's absolutely beautiful from the launch to the separation of space, to putting up basically these wind, sa- not wind sails, sun sails, I guess you'll call them. That'll catch, you know, the sun and be able to move them forward on their journey to, to Mars and how they'll land. It's only about five minutes long, but it's really, really, really good. Oh, I'm going to check that out yeah. as soon as, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as soon as we're done. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, do it. it. Yeah. I, I know I, I know you'll <laughs> love it. Are, do, are you just into nonfiction when it comes to, like, space and science, or do you get into science fiction at all? I like I like science fiction because it's the, you know, it, it's like the, well, a lot of times it's the ideal version of what we could be if we kind of got our, like, can I swear on this podcast yes. a little bit? No? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, if we, <laughs> okay, if we all get our shit together, it's right. pretty much what, what we could be, um, the, the dystopic, the dystopia stuff I like too, cause it's a warning, you know, it's like, yeah. don't, you know, don't yeah. screw up. But, um, no, I, I really like, 
I, I really like science fiction. I'm actually writing um, uh, a science fiction. It, it's a science fiction comedy. Oh, awesome! Um, but it's based. Yeah, it's it's kind of based loosely on uh, SpaceX. Um, so it's like a workplace comedy based on a an, a private aeronautics space company. So uh-huh. it's kind of like SpaceX in the same tone as um, uh, Silicon Valley on HBO. Oh, I think that's a great idea. Good luck with that. That I'd watch that for sure. Thanks. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying. To, I'm trying to get something like to, to raise awareness too about space travel and, and exactly. About, you know. Yeah, and I love Silicon okay. Valley. That that's a great show. Um, <laughs> do. Do you like? I know you said the uh, sometimes dystopia. Have you watched The Expanse or read The Expanse? No, actually, I auditioned for The Expanse. Though. Oh yeah, I went in. Yeah, I went in a couple of times. I went in. I sent in a self tape, and then I went in for an audition, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't get it. But I, it's really cool. That's the one with like. There's the junkyard. It's like a like a a junk collector in space, like a miner or like a yeah space yeah. Miner, they, they're they're they, they were ice mining. Um, yeah, yeah, basically. Um, well, it's, you know, it's a collection of books. You know, there's about five books out there. And what I really enjoy about The Expanse, it's none of it, except there's this one element that is, um, none of it is written without some base in real science. So it's not like Star Trek where, you know, we obviously we both love Star Trek, but we're writing, you know, when that was created by Gene Roddenberry, he was making shit up. You know, some of it has come yeah, to yeah. some of it has come to fruition and everything, but some of it he was making up where the expanse, everything is based in real science, how they travel, um, what the people look like. People have uh, colonized the belt, you know, and on Mars and the people in the belt, since there's no gravity, it's all fake gravity. They're the long, you know, and their faces are long. And, and if they went to Earth, they'd be crushed, you know, and even the way yeah. that the spaceships travel um, it's really complicated and all based in real science. And in addition, you have a really good story. Unfortunately, it's not an aspirational story. You know, it's basically Earth, Mars, and the belt are mad at each other, you know, yet they all need each other. Like the belt, you know, Mars can't survive with people bringing in ice from from one of the moons of um a, a Jupiter, you know, and, and Europa, so they, right? Europa, excuse me. Some... Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. so they all rely on each other to live and gravity is its own character in the story. It's, it's re- really good. If you, if you're, oh, cool. if, if you're a reader, uh, I would say definitely pick up the books, but that, um, the show, they, they do pretty good. They can't really do the physical, physicalizations of the, where you, you know, because, there aren't people that really look like that to cast, you know, but they do yeah, it. They, they, yeah. they, they, they try to do it. And the interesting thing is there's two writers of that series who actually used to work with George R.R. R. Martin. So that he, he was kind of either their mentor or their go-to person to help them. Like every time they had pages or sections for someone to read, he was like their writer's group who would help them with the book, which is maybe why the, the story is so strong too. But anyway, that's my commercial, oh, yeah, he's amazing. my, my commercial for the expanse. It's, it's good. Well, they're well, coming. I, maybe. I like that. We, yeah. What you said about like, that it's, that it's all based in real science. I yeah. think that's more important now. And I think, I think that's because yeah. we have a problem with like science communication, like, and it's getting way, way better. I found the last five years, like with, with shows like cosmos and with the science fiction that's coming out now, uh-huh. it, it's, we're actually able to communicate science um, in an entertaining way. Yeah. 
people understand and they're, and they're engaged and they want to, yeah, I think it's, it's super important. And with Wade, um, I just wanted to, no, and, go and ahead. The expense was, was, is Elias too sexist in that? Was what? Is Elias too sexist in the expense? Um, Elias who? I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, too sexist. I, I don't know who is. that, who is that? I don't oh, okay, know. he's just a, he's an actor. I think he's I think he's one of the actors in it, and I, he's a friend of mine. So I I have two reasons to watch it now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was I was yeah. looking it up really quick to see who he played Elias Tuf- as Kenzo. Okay, yeah, I know exactly. He's great. I didn't know that yeah, was his he, name. He, he he yeah he was in the first season and well the second season's premiering uh, coming up soon. But he's he's really good actor. Yeah sure. yeah he's really really for, good for he's sure well, in, the, in the video game industry too so yeah cool yeah. well i think it's going to be around for a few seasons so who knows maybe you can you, you, you'll get a part on it let's do it <laughs> yeah yeah i went in originally so i'll try to yeah keep sending sure. in uh, keep sending in tapes for sure <laughs> <laughs> well todd thank you so much for uh talking with me from montreal i really appreciate it can you tell us where we can find you on social media oh yeah um on twitter i'm uh at todd Fennell. uh-huh That's um F-E- and on instagram i'm F E N E L L. So T O D F E N N E L L. And uh, on Instagram, it's just at Todd Fenn. So that's T O D F E N. Awesome. Well, I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. Um, it was fun to be my first recorded interview. I felt like I interrupted a lot because I'm used to like being person to person where you're just, you know, and in here you actually. No, have, no. Yeah. <laughs> It's like I was I was super into all your stories too. I was like just listening super intently. So awesome. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Awesome. It was a lot of fun. Thank you very much. All right. Best of luck with everything. And I hope that our paths cross again, Todd. Have a great uh winter <laughs> up in uh, <laughs> Montreal. I'll try. I'll try. I might come out and visit you in a couple of weeks. That might be what's happening. <laughs> I'll be here. So I'll be here. Hopefully the rain will have stopped by then. All right. Take care of yourself. You too. I had a great, I had a blast. Thanks. Thank you. Bye.